Welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Shall we start this grr with some juvenile from Satire 7? If you can't turn an honest penny in the shady grove of the muses, you might as well accept the title and income of an auctioneer. Join in the sale room battles, flog lots under the hammer to a crowd of bidders. A better career, surely, than the perjurers. But if you had thoughts of obtaining patronage for your art from some other benefactor, and it's in this hope that you continue to scribble on your nice buff parchment, you might as well give up. Order a bundle of firewood, make a burnt sacrifice of your works to Vulcan, or else just lock them away and let the bookworms riddle them full of holes. Break your pen, poor wretch. Destroy all those battle pieces that kept you awake so late. The high-flown compositions hammered out in that cramped garret. The dreams of a laureate's wreath on your gaunt, sculptured brow. Yet this is the best you could ever hope for. Our skinflint millionaires may flatter artistic talent, may load it with compliments like children admiring a peacock, but nothing further. So the prime of life slips by, the years when you might have been a sailor, soldier, farmer, until the spirit grows weary, until old age creeps up on your penniless gift of the gab, and you hate yourself and your art. Ouch. I feel like sitting outside for this things that make me go grr because I'm in this amazing environment of my backyard with the sunshine, the blue sky. You can hear all the sparrows chittering. I actually call this sparrow land. And I'm just back from working in Vancouver, so being in Edmonton is giving me great joy. So I'm not going to read from any notes. I've done research on this matter, but I don't really feel like reading quotes right now or drawing upon other people's resources. The topic of this grr is the fact that people who do all kinds of things for the arts make so little money. And the arts in general has fallen into the same star system as everything else which means we have very highly paid um, professional arts administrators and we have massive prizes like the Griffin and the Giller uh, given to one or maybe two writers a year and a host of other smaller but still um, large prizes in comparison to what uh, writers make from publishing their books only 10% of the profits which usually means that if you get any kind of advance at all, $300, $500, what have you, you spend the next, you know, five, ten or more years paying back your advance before you get a cent out of publishing a book. And, well, of course, you create art because you're driven to do it, and it's your passion, and it's your vocation. And, you know, you make a living, most writers do, doing other things and you know we've all been taught that we need to most of us teach in some way in order to make that living and then not concern ourselves with the fact that 
you know, A, we make 10% from our books. B, um, you know, writers used to make a decent living uh, freelancing. So they would write reviews and they would write essays and opinion pieces and, um, you know, even, God forbid, get money for publishing poems and, and stories more than, say, $20, $25, $30, um, which is what? Mm, I've been paid in the past uh, month, shall we say. So uh, an anthology accepted my poem and they're paying $25. And I had a poem published and I believe it's netting me a whole $30. And I wrote a review for a magazine and got a check for $25. Uh, this is all, actually, no, only $20. <laughs> this is all, you know, um, the, the tiny little bits of paid work I do. And most of the work I do, and a lot of other, though I'll have to say not enough other writers do, uh, such as writing reviews or hosting performance series or creating magazines or uh, radio shows, podcasts, um, assisting other writers with editing or grant preparation or so on and so forth, including um, such positions as, say, a reviews editor or um, other you know, positions that should be at least paid enough for the person to spend their time and energy doing it in a way that still enables them to have a roof over their heads and, and eat um, are either unpaid entirely or paid by minor tiny honoraria. This grr kind of started again in me when I saw a post for a job, a supposed job in the arts, and it was for a reviews editor at a magazine. And I got I got excited at first. I thought, well, this would be absolutely ideal for me. And then I saw that it paid $250 an issue. So that would be maybe $750 or a grand or what have you a year. And, you know, that, that's fine. That's, you know, adding to the bits and pieces for those of us who, who freelance and, and live accordingly. But the fact is, is they wanted seemingly an awful amount of work done um, in terms of thought and planning and vision and execution. And I knew I would just get obsessed by a position like that, trying to make it unique and worthwhile. And yet, how could I justify putting all that time and energy into it when I was only making like hmm, $75, $100 a month, say, uh, to do this work? And so it just puts you in a quandary and you start to think, well, who's going to take this job? It's either going to be a student who's still living at home with their parents and who thus can afford to do such a job, but probably isn't really mature enough, experienced enough to do this job properly. Or it's going to be, say, maybe a retired professor or, you know, somebody who is, um, you know, independently wealthy. But that that excludes a huge percentage of writers. Um, most teachers are, are too busy teaching and they're not making that massive an income anyway to do a lot of these extra jobs. Uh, we do have writer-in-residence, poet-in-residence that can pay decently for commitment for six months or nine months or a year, um, but that again is few and far between and highly focused on particular communities and um, niche groups and can often be, um, you know, all, all about networking, you know, so if you're not a professor, you're not a teacher, you're going to be liminalized, you're going to be outside of those circles, in which half the time you don't even find out about these positions. 
Uh, so, and then, you know, that's even the case with, say, teaching uh, adults to write or, you know, creative writing courses in local community colleges. They, they pay so minimally, you know, basically, say again, 75 to $100 per class, and that's not in including all the prep work, marking, and what have you that it's, again, very difficult to give that time and energy to it. So, I mean, I've chosen in my life to do a lot of things for free because I love it and I think it's important. I think it's crucial to write reviews. I, I think it's 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 so important to do creative things like host events and, and run podcasts and so forth. And uh, it's not like I'm expecting to be paid for these things, but at the same time, why is it all so undervalued? We get these gargantuan prizes getting caught up all in the star culture. You know, the one person who receives, you know, the lottery winnings, which has very little to do with art. And we ignore, diminish, dismiss, you know, even scorn those, uh, you know, like Bruce Kaufman, for instance, in, in Ontario, who, who spends so much of his time hosting events and running a radio show and editing and lives, you know, in essential poverty below the, you know, the income level that can sustain him from time to time because he has a passion for doing what he does. And there are others like him as well. And why shouldn't one make more of a percentage off one's book sales? Of course, you know, we have the, the PLR, uh, the public lending rights. That is a decent amount if you've published, you know, a relatively high number of books. Uh, can copy, we've been utterly shafted on. And it's now become so minimal. I get, you know, under $100 and I've published, you know, 15 titles. Uh, and that's because professors have decided not to pay for photocopying of works. This has been going on for over a decade, and I seriously hope there's going to be some rectification of this soon. And also, you know, sometimes you just have to say, enough with this system. It's stagnating. Like, what would happen if instead of these massive prizes for just one year, we took that money, we put it back into the, you know, lower level grassroots arts culture, where people are doing the, the labor, uh, you know, the small presses, the people that are, you know, writing the reviews, the people that are running these magazines and podcasts, the people that are editing for others for free, um, you know, teaching classes for minimal pay and so forth, that these people are acknowledged and that they are remunerated. And, you know, we'll see how much more vibrant and lively and energized and healthy our literary scene then becomes. Actually, I do have to create an addendum to that grr because I realized I didn't mention the granting situation. And although I myself have benefited from grants over the years and they're an incredibly welcome addition to my bits and piecing income, they have not gone up in value in relation to inflation since the 80s. So in the 80s, you could get a writer's grant and you could quit your job or you could travel around the world or you could really focus on your writing for a considerable period of time. And uh, now, 
basically you will get the same amount. So, you know, say 12 or 15 grand, you, you might get in the 80s and you, you might get 20 grand now. And if you adjust for inflation, it's probably more like around seven grand. Plus, of course, it's also taxed at 10%, which I firmly believe grants should not be. And if they're going to tax them, just take the money off the top before you give it to the artist because... A uh, grant is supposedly for approximately a year of work. And if you get, say, a $15,000 grant and you have to pay 1500 of it at the end of the year, it's really not that much money to live on. And it's difficult to save that 1500 So it's just making things harder in the life of the artist. And I'd like to read a quote, actually, from Victoria Ward, who's a painter and writer. She says some really crucial things in this um, CBC article or essay on the fact that bureaucrats get most of the arts money. And then, of course, these massive prizes are given out by bureaucrats who make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than that uh, a year or millions even. And she says that uh, culture is an ecosystem, not a business. And I would say that it's not part of star culture or entertainment culture in the same way. Art should operate on other levels that are deeper, more meaningful, more essential, more valued. Uh, she says, people on a salary are completely ignorant of the freelancer's day-to-day -day life. But it's worse for artists because there's an added expectation in the creative world that what you make should be made for free because it is your vocation. This expectation is exploited at all levels. Well, you know, I have a brother who's a doctor and one who's a lawyer, and that's also their vocation, and they love what they do, yet they get reimbursed well. Now, we all know that the world apparently needs fewer poets than it does doctors or lawyers, but that's no reason that there's such a disparity, there's such a discrepancy, there's such a, a yawing gap between the bureaucrats and those massive prizes and 99% of the rest of the makers who are toiling in those trenches of art and trying to do that crucial work to bring you know the the, the poems and the, the plays and the stories and all the other forms of of art including essays and reviews and you know of course painting and sculpting and dancing and uh, creating music i mean there's there's just such a, a vast number of of makers now and so little way to make a living and there should be more thought put into the fact that we are not operating. We should not be operating in the same way. And in fact, this way of being should not exist. There should be much more distribution of funds and resources for those who are involved in that ecology of creating and not just the bureaucrats and the stars. You've been listening to Ms. Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs> <laughs>